Um, so I'm going to be brief because I get to introduce someone that many of you will know and those of you who don't know will be glad to get to know. So this is Kendra Lepsch. She and her husband lead in the uh, youth department, do a lot there. She's been on staff here for seven years. She's been here since she was two. So she is as much a part of this church as anybody else here. Thank you. Come on up. Um, we're excited to hear what God is going to share with us today through you. Go for it. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, so thank you for having me. I just want to say uh, up front, it is such an honor to stand on this stage and to share with you. Like Josh said, I've been here a long time, and so you guys are family to me, and so I'm really grateful. Uh, I have a picture of my husband, Ben, and I. Uh, this is Ben. If Many of you might recognize him as well. So we've been married two and a half years. We're loving it, um, and we love getting to serve over in the youth. We're excited about what God is doing over there, and we're excited about what God is doing here at Res Life. So one of the things that I'm very passionate about is family and it's community. And so tonight, I'm hoping to leave us encouraged um, and inspired and to kind of talk about that topic. So a little bit about my story. Uh, like Josh said, I grew up here. So I was like your typical church kid. Uh, we were here like every time the doors were open. My parents would tell us that uh, they'd start coming Sunday mornings and then us kids would actually beg them to come on the other church days because we loved the kids programming so much. So my parents started coming on Wednesday nights and on Sunday nights because we just loved to be here. So we're here every day that the church was open, we would be here. And then when I was 11 years old, my dad, uh, which is Pat Benish, he became the nursery and preschool pastor. And so then we were here even more. And so we we're kind of the church family that was here until like, I don't know, 9 p.m. on Wednesday nights. And we were the kids that would run around the hallways and play tag and hide and go seek. One of my dreams was actually, it's not fulfilled yet, but it's actually to play hide and go seek in the dark in this room. Imagine it. And now again, it hasn't been fulfilled yet, but I still have hope. I mean, I'm still a kid at heart. Um, I also have never been in these catwalks. I don't know how that happened. I've been here for like 20-some years, so I don't know. It could still happen. But we were here all the time. And then my extended family, so my parents are both from Green Bay across the lake. And so my extended family, there you go, Green Bay, go Packers, go Packers. But because they're from across the lake, we didn't actually get to see them very much. Uh, we'd stop over and see my grandparents maybe twice, three times a year. But because of that and because of how often we were here, a lot of my view of extended family actually came out of Res Life Church. Because I didn't get to see my grandparents very much here, but I had a lot of grandparents here at Res Life, you know. And uh, I didn't get to see my aunts and uncles very much, but all the coordinators in the nursery and the teaching teams were like aunts and uncles to me. And their kids were like cousins to us. And so a lot of my view of family really came out of this house. And I'm very, very grateful for it. Thank you. Yeah, you can clap. I think that's amazing. And it's a thank you to you guys. Because a lot of you have been there for my own journey. And uh, I'll tell you what, in a culture where the family unit has been so disrupted and distorted, right, I think the church has an opportunity to rise up into its call to be family more than ever. And I'm really passionate about that. So I want to talk about that a little bit tonight, if that's all right. So 
as we read in the Old Testament, uh, we see that God is portrayed as God, right? God Almighty, the creator, the maker of the heavens and the earth, Elohim, Yahweh, he's God, right? But when we get into the New Testament, something interesting starts to happen. Jesus comes on the scene, and he actually starts to change the language by which we refer to God. In Matthew 6, the, the disciples come to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. So Jesus says, okay, I want you to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this was like a revolutionary thing because, again, in the Old Testament, God was like God Almighty. But Jesus says, no, I want you to refer to God as your Father. And that was like a revolutionary thing. And then we see in the rest of the New Testament, this like family language gets introduced into the scriptures. And we see uh, throughout the New Testament, now we see sons and daughters. And we see brothers and sisters. And we see mothers and we see fathers, right? It's family language. And God stops identifying us as much as his people, like the people of Israel. And he actually says, no, like, you're my kids and I'm your father, right? So family language. We begin to see that family was God's idea. Like God wanted a family, right? It's kind of like interwoven into the story of the gospel. Ephesians uh, 2 verse 19 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Or I like how the NLT version says it. It says you are members of God's family. John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And I also love 1 John 3, 1. It says, see what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. It's like, look at how crazy good God's love is. That he could have referred to us as anything, but he chose to make us his children. Like, see what kind of crazy love that is. Because think of it, like, this is God, like God of the universe could have chosen to refer to us as anything he wanted. He could have chosen to make us slaves, and he would be slave master. Like, he could have made us robots. We were his enemies, but he chose to relate to us as a father to his children. That's like crazy love. That's a crazy love from God. 2 Corinthians 6 says, I will be a father to you, and you will be sons and daughters to me. That's a crazy kind of love. And that's the story of the gospel. And now, not everybody's view of family is the same. Some of us came from good homes. Some of us maybe some from, from not as great of homes. But I think we would all agree that family is a good idea. Would you agree? Family is a good idea because family is a God idea. And scripture says that no matter what our earthly background, if you choose Jesus, you actually get adopted into his family, right? Uh, Romans 8, for you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself bears witness, tells us on the inside that we are children of God. We've been adopted into the family. I remember growing up, 
during Thanksgiving and Christmas and family holidays, we'd always have extra people at the dinner table. And maybe this is, you have this in your own home, but we'd always have extra friends at the dinner table because we'd have friends who maybe didn't have family in town or their families didn't celebrate. And so our parents let us just invite over any friends that needed a place to stay. And so still today during Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's always extra friends at the table. And eventually some of these friends came around so much that they kind of just got like adopted into the family, you know? They were like honorary finishes, right? So we have multiple sisters and brothers. There weren't just five of us. There was like ten of us, right? Honorary finishes. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than that feeling of knowing that like if anything happened to my family, like they've got me over here. I have a place to belong, right? There's nothing better than that feeling of like, oh, I belong here, Because that's how God designed this. He put that cry in our heart. He put that cry for family. Amen? So here's the thing. That's all the scripture, right? So here's the thing. If if God is my father, so I'm a daughter of God, and you are a son of God, and you are a son of God, and you're a daughter of God, and you're a daughter of God, what does that make us? It makes us brothers and sisters, right? One big family, brothers and sisters, which honestly is kind of weird. It's kind of weird. There's this funny story in Matthew 12. Jesus is teaching in a house, and uh, it's packed full, and his mom and his brother show up outside the house, and they send a messenger inside to go get Jesus because they wanted to talk to him. So the messenger comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, your mom and your brothers are here. They want to talk to you. And Jesus says to the messenger, what? My mom and my brothers? No, these in this room, these are my mother and my brothers and my sisters. It's everyone who does the will of my father. It's my brother and my brothers and my sisters. And he says, no, 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 guys, you don't understand. In the kingdom, it's different. In the kingdom, we're all family. And he takes strangers and he says, now you're siblings. Right? We go from strangers to family. Another story about my family. My, my parents are saints. When I was in high school, they sat us down one night, and, uh, and they said to us, hey, your aunt and uncle over in Wisconsin, they, they're going through some legal trouble, and their kids are about to be split up and put into the foster care system. And we have on our hearts to take them in for an indefinite period of time. And so I remember they they went out, they rented a trailer, and they drove over to Wisconsin, and they packed up all these kids' stuff, and they drove back home in the middle of a Michigan February blizzard. (laughs) And they came home, and they brought these four teenagers home with them. And I remember sitting in my living room. I waited up for them. It was like midnight, one in the morning. But I waited up for them. I was sitting there waiting for them to get home, and it was the weirdest feeling. Because, again, my, my cousins grew up in Wisconsin. I hadn't seen them in years. I didn't really even know their names. So I'm like, okay, I have to meet these people, and they're going to be my siblings for maybe forever. <laughs> right? And so one of my cousins walked in the door, and I remember standing up and walking over, and I said, hey, my name's Kendra. What's your name? Oh, Ariel, it's great to meet you. It was kind of like that weird thing of like, hey, I don't know you, but now we're sisters, right? It's weird. It was weird, but it's kind of like that in the family of God. And, and I was so grateful for that season and grateful to my parents. They had nine teenagers living in their house at the same time. Isn't that wild? 
But it was, the, it was one of the greatest experiences. I actually have a picture of our whole family during that time. It was a crazy 18 months. They stayed with us 18 months, and we started calling them cousins, cousin siblings, because they came, be, became so close to us. And eventually they got to move back home with their mom, and it was a great experience. But it's kind of like that in the family of God where all of a sudden you go from strangers, and God's like, nope, now you're brothers and sisters, and I want you to relate to each other as such, right? It's kind of crazy. So go ahead and turn to the person next to you and say, hey, you're my brother. You're my sister. Now turn to the other person and say, hey, you're my brother. You're my sister. Kind of weird, right? It's kind of weird. But this is the plan of God, right? This is the plan of God for us. So here's the tough thing. And here's where it kind of starts to hit home. Is that we're family. We're we. Hi, we. I know I'm on stage, but hi, I'm here with too. We are family, whether we like it or not. Hey, <laughs> you know, like you don't get to choose your family. You don't like pop out at birth, look around you and go, nope, put me back in. Like you're stuck with who you get, right? We're family whether we like it or not. As, as followers of Jesus, we're brought into the family. And we don't get to choose our family in the body of Christ. We become brothers and sisters, and that's how Jesus wants us to relate to each other now. Now, obviously, if you come from uh, maybe a more broken home or a really good home, like all of our view of family is really different. And that's why in the Bible we're, we're given some instructions on how to treat each other as family. And I would call these the one another's of scripture. And we'll throw those up on the screen. The one another's of scripture. All throughout the New Testament, there's all these verses that say, brothers and sisters, love one another. Right? Brothers and sisters, be devoted to one another. These are kind of like the house rules of the family. It says, honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Build up one another, admonish and correct one another, greet one another, care for one another, serve one another. There's the next slide. It says, bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, be patient with one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, submit to one another, consider others better than yourselves, comfort and encourage one another, show hospitality. To one another. Right? Like these are kind of like the house rules. Jesus is like, okay, you're brothers and sisters and this is how I want you to behave. This is how I want you to act. Now most of us in this room uh, probably have heard these things before and it's like, oh, this is good information. I get it. But here's my question tonight. To all of us in this room as family is like, I, I've read these scriptures my whole life. But the question is, like, what does it actually look like for us to be family? Not just like in our head, but like when we actually start to apply this at a heart level, what does it actually look like for us to be family? To really apply these things in a practical sense on a Wednesday night in November. On a Sunday morning in November at Res Life Church. Like what does it actually look like for Res Life Church to be family? That's my question tonight. Because here's the thing. Like I love this church. I love this church. I love being here, and I'm not going anywhere. 
Like, unless the Lord calls Ben and I to go somewhere else, like, we're here and we're planted and we're rooted and we're not going anywhere. And that doesn't mean that we don't get mad about stuff sometimes and sometimes we don't get along with certain people. But, like, it's our family. Like, we're family. This is my family and we're committed to be here. And I dream big dreams for this house. Like, I dream really big dreams for Res Life Church. I don't think we've even, like, started to touch what God wants to do through this house and through this family. And I hope that you're dreaming really big dreams, too. But God works as a family unit. He works with all of us working together, right? The Bible teaches us that he commands blessing where there's unity. And he says that we are all ambassadors for him, that we're representatives of Jesus on the earth. And it teaches us that the world will know that we are Christians. The world will know that we are disciples of Jesus based on the way that we love each other. The world will know. Granville, Michigan will know. Grand Rapids, Michigan will know that we are followers of Jesus based on the way that we in this room and in this church one another each other, love one another, and serve one another, and show hospitality to one another, right? And 1 Corinthians tells us that we're all members of this thing called the body of Christ, and everybody has a different part to play. Some of us are hands, some of us are feet, some of us are noses, whatever that does. I don't know, some of us are ears. Everybody has a part to play, and it's in all of us working together that we become the full expression of Jesus to the world. It's in all of us choosing to be family together and meeting the needs of each other that we become the full expression of Jesus to the world. So what does it look like for us to be family? What does that take? And I'll tell you, it takes everybody realizing that we have a part to play. That we are members one of another. It takes us realizing that everybody has a part to play. Whether you've been saved for two days or you've been saved for 60 years. It takes personal responsibility in us realizing, oh, we all have a part to play. How many of you have kids and you gave them chores growing up? Right? The laundry, clean your room, do the dishes. I'll tell you, laundry is still my least favorite chore. But why do, we give, why, why do we have chores? It's because in a healthy family, everybody participates, right? Everybody has a part to play. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up. My favorite place to be on Thanksgiving Day and on Christmas Day is in my dad's living room in front of his fireplace. Because a few years back, he put in this beautiful wood-burning fireplace. And my favorite place to be on Thanksgiving and Christmas, is sitting right in front of that fireplace for hours, just soaking up the heat. But I'll tell you what, on Thanksgiving Day, two weeks from now, the first place that I'm going when I walk into their house is not the living room, unfortunately. The first place that I'm going on Thanksgiving Day when I show up to mom and dad's house is right to the kitchen to say, Mom, what do you need help with? And I'm going to help mash those potatoes. And I'm going to help warm up the cranberries. And I'm going to pour the drinks. I'm going to help set the table. And afterwards, I'm going to help do the dishes and put all the food away. Why? Because as a member of the Binnish household, I have a part to play. 
and it's mashing potatoes, <laughs> and it's doing the dishes, right? Because I realized, like, in the, in the Finnish home, like, in a healthy family, everybody participates. Everybody has a part to play, and it's the same here at Res Life Church. Like, everybody here has a part to play in order for us to meet the needs of each other, become the full expression of God, to really be a family, right? Because here's the thing, like, on a Wednesday night and on a Sunday morning, especially at a, at a big church like this on a Sunday night or a Wednesday morning, it is too easy. Listen, it is too easy to walk in those doors, kind of with your head down, to avoid the greeters, and to kind of sneak over, get some coffee, sneak into the res center or the worship center, find a secluded area, sit down, not talk to anybody, and then stand up and do the worship thing, sit down, listen to the message, and then during the altar call to stand up and sneak out and not have to talk to anybody. Like, it's too easy. It's too easy to be invisible here. But here's the thing. If you were hosting a party at your house, and you invited guests that would, like, sneak in through the back door, and then go and sneak into the kitchen and avoid you and get some snacks, and then go watch a movie, and then sneak out and never talk to you, that'd be kind of weird. Especially, like, if you're the host, like, I hope that you're going and greeting your guest, right? It's kind of weird. But for some reason, like, we think, like, in a church, like, that's totally acceptable. But isn't this supposed to be a home? Because, listen, listen, listen. Church is not a theater where we come and watch the Dwayne show. Right? It's not a theater where we come and watch the Josh show. It's a home, it's a house. It's a gathering place for the family. Church, church is not the mall where I come and I shop around and I buy things to make my life better. It's not the mall. It's a home. And it's a gathering place for family, right? It's a home. It's a gathering place for family. And a family culture at Res Life Church requires all of us realizing that I have a part to play. It requires personal responsibility and saying, I'm all in. I have a part to play, and I'm going to go after that. And, and here's the thing. is like it's not Pastor Josh's responsibility to make this place a home. It's not Pastor Duane's responsibility to create a family culture in our church. It's not. It's our responsibility. It's all of us working together. It's not theirs. It's our responsibility, right? Amen? What does it look like for us to be a family? Because, man, imagine, dream with me, imagine what Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings would look like as we become more and more like family. Imagine what it would look like to not even be able to sneak in on a Sunday morning because everybody around you is so anxious to get to know you and to welcome you in and to be friends and to ask how your week is going. Imagine what that could be like. Imagine people just praying for each other before they leave for the week. Imagine, imagine moms and dads mentoring other moms and dads and staying around late to encourage each other in parenting. Here's one of my biggest dreams. Imagine the young and the old connecting. Ah, oh, that's one of my biggest dreams for grandparents to be pouring into young people. And for young people 
to be coming to the grandparents asking for wisdom and asking for blessing and asking for advice. Like imagine how amazing and incredible that would be. Because I believe that's where we're going. But I believe that everybody has a part to play for us to get there. And I'll tell you, I would not be the person that I am today without the grandmas and the grandpas and the aunts and the uncles of this family that invested into my life. I wouldn't be standing on this stage if it wasn't for those people. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for the grandpa Marfs that give me a hug every week and encourage me. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for the Sherry Souls and the Miss Susannas and the Doug and the Linda Smiths who were my Sunday school teachers growing up and just loved me and taught me the word of God week after week after week. I wouldn't be who I am today. And I'll tell you, like, I want to raise my kids in this family. I want to raise my kids in this church, and I want them to have more than just their natural grandparents speaking life into them. I want them to have grandparents every week that they see that are hugging them, that are, that are sneaking them candy, right, that are giving them hugs. Like, I want them to have other aunts and uncles besides their natural ones that are investing into them, that are admonishing them, that are caring for them. Like, I want you guys to be family to my kids someday. You know what I mean? And I'll tell you, like, there's, there's listen, there's 200 Easily, there's 200 kids in this building right now. 200 people under the age of 18 in this building right now. I think that's more than the people sitting in this room. There's 200 kids in this building right now that need you in their life. As somebody who works in the youth, I sit with with, uh, high school girls every week, and I'm telling you, they need moms and dads, and they need grandmas and grandpas to give them wisdom, to give them advice, to counsel them, to help them. They need you. They need all of us. And you know what? Y'all need them. Right? They need your wisdom. They need your advice. They need your counsel, and you need their passion. And their craziness and their excitement and their perspective, right? Because a family, a healthy family needs each other to be everything that it's called to be. So my question is, would you help us make this a home? Would you help us make this a home? And I'm not talking about just serving. This isn't like a call to serve. And I know a lot of you in this room are already actively serving in the church, and we thank you for that. And that's not, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this, like, heart attitude. Like, would you help us make this a home? Because as much as Josh and myself and Pastor Duane and Pastor Al could dream for that, it really takes all of us together to make that happen, right? And so would you make, help us make this place a home, and would you join us in what God is doing in this place? A practical question, what's one thing? What's one thing that each of us could do to participate in the family? And again, I'm not necessarily talking about serving, but like, if you think about it, like, what is the Holy Spirit putting on your heart tonight? As you hear this, as you think about it, like, what's one thing that you can step into to do to participate in the family? And I'll tell you what mine is, because I thought about it. The one thing that I can start doing better to participate in this family is actually just to slow down on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights. 
But when I leave the worship center to actually slow down, because I, I am everywhere on Sunday mornings. There's a lot going on. But I realized Sunday morning, I was like, I just need to slow down and say hi to a few people and get to know some people and ask how they're doing. That's my one thing. Maybe your thing is like just being friendly. Maybe you're one of the people that sneak in and out every week. And I would just encourage you, like, meet somebody. Meet one person every time you come and put yourself out there. Maybe for you it is getting involved in serving and going and holding a baby in the nursery or being a Sunday school teacher or mentoring a young person. Maybe it's greeting. Maybe it's being an usher. Like, what can you do to be part of the family? Maybe it's visiting somebody in the hospitals. Right? Caring, showing hospitality. What's one thing that you can do to participate in the family? Would you help us make this a home? Would you help us make this a home? Because I'm telling you, God is moving in this place. He is. And I pray, I pray, I pray that you see it. And I pray that you dream the dream of God for this church, for Res Life. For this family, because God is moving in this place. And again, I said this before, but I am so grateful to you for being my church family. Thank you for being my church family. <laughs> and let's continue to do what God is calling us to do. Let's continue to be a light in our community. Let's continue to meet the needs of the family, to say, I'm all in, I'm not going anywhere. I'm all in. I'm ready to participate. God, you do whatever you want through me. Let's become the full expression of Jesus to the world. Amen? Amen. So tonight, if you're here and you're listening, you might say, man, this is that's awesome, like the family thing. And, and maybe you're here tonight and, and that's not something that you've really experienced is this family of God thing. John 1.12, I shared this earlier, but it says that Jesus came to his own. He came to humanity, and humanity did not receive him. But to all who did receive him and who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And I'm telling you, the best place, the greatest place that we could ever belong is in the family of God. It's in the family of God. And if you're here tonight and you'd say, man, I'm not part of that family, but I want to be. And as you're talking, Kendra, like something's tugging on my heart. I want to be part of that. Like I want to invite you into the family if you're here tonight and you're not. And you might say, okay, what does that actually mean? Well, the Bible teaches us that if we believe in Jesus, we believe that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said he did, right? He's the son of God. He's the only way to heaven. He died on that cross for my sins and he rose from the dead. And when you make him the Lord, the king, the master of your life, it says you will be saved. It says that he will make you a new person on the inside. He will clean you. He will make you new. He brings you into relationship with the Father, and he adopts you into the family. So if you're here tonight and you're not part of this family and you want to be, I want to give you the opportunity to join the family. So if you would bow your heads with me tonight and close your eyes. If you're here tonight and the Lord is maybe tugging on your heart and you're like, man, I want that. I want that tonight. What I want to ask you to do is on the count of three just to raise your hand so I can acknowledge you so we can pray with you. So if that's you and you say, oh, man, I'm ready to jump in. I'm ready to make Jesus Lord. I'm ready to join the family. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Awesome. I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? That's awesome. 
Awesome. Thank you. You can put your hand down. So what we're going to do is all together, we're just going to pray a prayer. And I just want to invite you uh, to repeat this prayer, but really just to mean it from your heart. So together, let's pray. Father, thank you that you love me. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe that you are the only way to God, that you died for me, that you rose from the dead, and that you made a way for me to come back to the Father. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. Come and make me a new person on the inside. Father, bring me into your family. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.